All right, Leo Cannell here with today's Seven Figures Club podcast. And on today's show, we've got an amazing guest. I guess I actually probably should have got your last name here, but we have uh, Cody, who's uh, one of the most unique real estate investors that I've ever seen. And he's got an amazing story. Cody's story, he's a father of three. He started his career about 19 years ago as a flooring salesman. And motivated by his desire to provide an extraordinary life for his family, he found a backdoor into the real estate development business. So this isn't fix and flips necessarily. This is experience in getting into development. And there's so much money and capital into development. And so he has developed 2,300 lots residential. So taking it from raw dirt and getting those entitlements and getting that approved. He's created 920, just short of a billion dollars in revenue from residential real estate development. And now that Cody is that full-fledged developer, he believes offering others a hand up in a defining part of his legacy. And that's why he started Vestrite. That's vestrite.com, an amazing uh, site that teaches others the system that got him into the game. It's a simple way to create five to seven figure paydays, five to seven. Well, that, that's a great rage, right guys? From off-market land deals without owning or developing the land without debt and his team has the financial wherewithal to help you make that happen. Cody, say your last name because I didn't dare say it wrong. It's Bugen, drop the J. Okay. So, uh, it's Norwegian. And by the way, whoever on my team wrote that intro, that was a pretty good one. So um, that was You got good. a good team. Hey, that, that's a great sign when, when you didn't even know the bio coming and it was that good. Yeah, well, I appreciate, I appreciate the intro and, and thanks for having me. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S. and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Well, Cody, let's start at the beginning. We always kind of like to hear the background and the history of amazing entrepreneurs. It's all about teaching the audience how to build that join the seven figures club only seven percent of businesses you know generate seven figures on an annual basis and obviously a smaller percentage join that club individually and and you're obviously in an even higher club maybe the eight or nine figure club at this point but going back to your roots and and background what was uh, it like childhood where did you grow up and uh, what what played a part in you becoming an entrepreneur do you think yeah for sure um so there's so many things related to my backstory, but I'll just say that I started off, I lived in a small little town called Damascus, Oregon is where I was born and raised. I grew up, I would say less fortunate, lower middle class or even like lower class. The, um, I, I wouldn't call us poor, but we were, we, we definitely struggled financially and also not the best environment as far as, you know, maybe a, a father mentor or, or leader. I, I, didn't, I didn't really have great examples in my life growing up. And, you know, one way or another, I would always hear growing up, you know, like my father would just say, hey, I'm this way because my dad's this way. It was always his go-to excuse of why he would sometimes not put out the most impressive behavior or say the most impressive things because he'd use his own father as an excuse. 
And somehow there was a light bulb moment for me where, and he would also say his father was his way because of his father and so on and so forth is, is that I'm going to be the one to pivot. I'm going to be the one to be intentional, right? And I'm going to change this trend. I'm going to get out of this trench and I'm going to create a different legacy for, for, for myself. And I'm not going to, and, 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 bless my father. I mean, he, he still is, is, is with us and, and him and I have a relationship at a distance. Uh, I wish the best for him, but the, um, those pivoting moments, right. And then having the wherewithal to actually follow through on it. One of my biggest pet peeves is talk is cheap, right. You know, and just, let just just walk it and then and then and then we can talk about it. So anyways, through that type of mindset where I wanted to create a pivoting point in my life. Well, and then you combine that with I got my high school girlfriend pregnant. And so I uh, was originally going to head off to ASU and uh, that didn't quite happen. I ended up heading into the flooring union. And because I needed health insurance for my baby boy that was on its way. I got married right out of high school, two months out of high school. That marriage made it 20 years. Um, bless our soul. She, she ended up passing a year after we divorced. But the um, but I, I just went right into the workforce. And I, I was very driven, very focused. I wanted to prove, I had something to prove, Okay. And when you combined it with that, I was a father at 19, it added even more to what I had to prove. I could want to prove that I could do this, that I, that I could be a success. And don't get me wrong over, you know, that was in my, so in my young twenties, I had major success. Uh, I started out in the flooring industry and then I went and started my own development home building business. And we can get into those details if you want, but the you know, I was in 2007, I lost 90% of my net worth. And I went from being 28 and being worth eight figures to 29 and being worth low seven figures. I didn't go bankrupt like a lot of the guys that I know did. But uh, and it's not that I was any smarter than them. I just happened to be developing in numerous states throughout the country. And some states got hit before others. And so it allowed me to kind of uh, have a head start uh, as far as move moves to make, but unwinding some of that smart. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah for good. sure. And, um, and, you know, and so, and through all this, I think, you know, is that, is that, that young success and driven and, but I failed in so many ways too, because I was not a good father to my first two children when they were young, you know, I was off to work before they woke up and I was home after they went to bed. I mean, I, I was very successful in some areas of my life, but other areas I was failing miserably. And at the end of the day, I summed that up into not a success. And so, you know, seven figures is obviously huge and having financial stability and freedom is huge, but how to keep that in check. And so, but I was so focused with later to my dad on, he taught me everything. What I was going to say a moment ago, and I lost my train of thought is, my father, I learned what not to be watching my father, right? 
And so, uh, so anyways, and that, and a lot of that related to financial, you know, when you're young, you're, you're so focused financially, you know, I'm at a point now in my life where almost the more I focus on giving and sharing and, and impact the money is actually just a result of having my focus be there. And it's funny how that, how that transitions often through people's lives is I didn't, I didn't get that 20 years ago. I didn't understand that, but uh, I'm kind of all over the board, but you know, I went through all kinds of trials and tribulations growing up, you know, from, you know, the getting married right out of high school to, to, you know, losing fortunes to realizing I was a failing father to, um, you know, potentially going to prison for five years, uh, related to something that I ended up, I, I, I came out of it innocent, but I still was in criminal court for two years, you know, uh, just all these things. We got to look at these trials and tribulations as opportunities to grow. One of my biggest pet peeves is people that go through trials and tribulations and I'm supposed to feel sorry for them on the other side of it. And because they have a victim mentality, don't get me wrong. There's lots of victims out there, but to me, we get put through the, these things. The Lord puts us through these challenges, not to hurt us, but to help us. And now that's, that's easier to say right now in a great moment, but, but if we can get to a point where we're almost celebrating being sculpted into becoming that much better, right? That, that our armor's getting that much thicker. We're, we're that much more ready for battle, right? So you trying to, you trying to rock my boat today is going to be much harder than trying to rock my boat 20 years ago. And so, um, but through all that, I've just had lots of discoveries. The one story I want to tell you really quick that has probably impacted my life the most up to this point. And that is, I went through a time where I was a, I, I'm, most of my life, I was a control freak. I tried to control everything. And I heard a sermon at church and it was just because you believe doesn't mean you have faith. Okay. Let me say that again. Just because you believe doesn't mean you have faith that believing and faith are two different things. And, and we can relate that to my spiritual life or we can really relate that to anything in life. And so I have this slogan I go by today and I'm actually have actually, I'm actually having t-shirts made right now for best. Oh, I love that it. Say, that say believe action faith. Yes. Okay. You, whatever it is you're wanting to accomplish or achieve or however, whatever it is, you know, you want to be a part of your legacy or you first got to believe it's possible. Next, you got to take the action steps to actually bring it to life. But the third and final step is you got to have the faith to realize you don't control all elements. You know, I have my one-on-one meat and potatoes way of saying that each morning, get up, hoe your field. But the vegetation that's growing is not up to you. It's really not. You can plant the seed, you can work the field, but there's, there's so many elements that are outside your control and you've got to figure out how to find peace with that in that faith. Because once I figured that out and that was middle of 2016, it forever changed my life. I had this peace come over me that is priceless. Now I get away from that peace all the time because I I'm human and I try to control things. But when I recenter in the fact of believe action faith, it frees me up 
to really accomplish that much more because I'm not getting in my own way of trying to control everything. So you kind of focus on controlling what you can control and then let the yes. chips fall where they may. And we yes. can live with those results as long as we did what we could to control it. And let's talk about that because the, you know, you already had a lot of adversity, a lot of trials early on, and now you've got these dreams of, of going to college ASU and, and uh, you know, getting to that next level, that next step. And then at the time and, and guys that are, you know, some of the younger audience, maybe not, uh, the growing up in today's world where entrepreneurs sometimes drop out of school and, and have awesome success like that wasn't typical, I think, when you and I were growing up. And so if you didn't go to college, like everyone was going to tell you, oh, you're going to be a failure, you're not oh. going to succeed. And so you're now, you know, young, young father to be just getting out of high school. And now you're getting into kind of a blue collar business, but you're driven. And why do you think you succeeded? And not only that, I think there's a big difference that people that go to college kind of miss out on taking risks and, yeah. and learning. And, and how much did you keep learning? Because I think you look like someone that was learning a lot and probably learned a lot more than those kids that went to college. Yeah. Most of my education has come from the trenches, right? It's, it's education in getting my hands dirty. I, I, I've never... I've just really started embracing personal development really in the last two years, um, which is one of the insp inspirations of why I have best right today. But the, I just learned through grinding, right? I learned through, if you were to, if I was to go back into my twenties and you were to talk to people in my life that could, that had an influence on me that, that I was around them, and you were to say, who asked you more questions than anybody to a point where he drove you freaking nuts? They more than likely would say Cody Bugan. Mm. And so I learned through experience and I learned through endless questions to people that I respected or I trusted, right? Or that I saw was having success in an area where I wanted it. So, um, at the end of the day, it's, I was hungry. I wanted it. I had work ethic. I was committed to being consistent. I was consistent in consistently filling my funnel. I was never expecting it for it to happen overnight. Okay. I think where the real money is made is in the follow-up and the follow-through in the consistency, right? Another big word for me is being resourceful. You're not going to find all the answers anywhere. You can go collect all kinds of great information from all different types of great places. But at the end of the day, you still got to take personal responsibility to be resourceful and connect the dots. 100%. And, and I was definitely gifted with that, with, with that understanding of, of you just weren't going to stop me, man. I just, I was going and going and going and, and, and I was committed to changing the legacy within my family. I was committed to it. I had a mission for it and I wasn't giving up and I would fail left and right. And we've all heard those stories before from many, from many guys that have had success, but there's so much truth to it. It's just, I was not giving up and I was, and I just, I believed in myself. So what was the first step though, when you went from worker 
to business owner where, where maybe, maybe you started as a worker or did you go right yeah. ahead into business for yourself? What was that process so, like with the flooring? So what happened is when I, when I got the high, my high school girlfriend pregnant, I graduated, I went into the flooring union for only three months because I, I needed that health insurance, right? So after three months, you get the health insurance, got my, my baby boy paid for. And then uh, from there, I went to work for a private company and it was a private company, a small little local company, but they loved my excitement. They loved my fire. And it was a small little company, but, but I believed in the potential. I knew because I, being in the union in a bigger business, I saw some of the opportunities that this company could accomplish. And I, and I found an owner that believed in me. He loved my passion. He loved my energy. And, and here's the reality at that age, I had nothing to risk, right? I had nothing holding me back. And I think those are some of the times, especially for those young men or women that don't have a, a baby or a wife at home, like I did, like take that season of your life and get after it and grind it because you don't run the risk of sacrificing your spouse at home or your child at home. I unfortunately made those sacrifices and I don't believe in regrets, but, but uh, those are some things that held me back from true success in my opinion, because I was a well-rounded, all-rounded man success. But anyways, so I got into that flooring industry that, that with that private small company, they allowed me to bloom. I was very much compensated on, on performance, right? I didn't go in for some high salary and, and, um, you know, I think back then I bought my first house for $82,000 and I think I was making around $2,000 a month or something like that. And by the time I left there, that business, I was there for five years and I went from just, just low man on totem pole to being the president of running that business. Okay. So, we so was the business owner, was he kind of like that mentor, kind of maybe that, that guy who, or, or guy who had things figured out to a certain extent in business, maybe taught you some sales skills? What, what sort of mentorship was provided or was it more example? So I would tell you that uh, Tim, and I still love the guy today, okay? Tim was a man that I respected for him as a man, I can't say that he was the best businessman ever or business okay. owner ever, but in a lot of ways, he was a father figure to me. And what I mean by that is, is that just who he was overall as, as a human, I, I, I appreciated and respected. And even beyond that, he lifted me up. He built me up. He inspired me. He believed in me. And I didn't really get that from my father. Right. So when you're getting, when you're, when you're getting, getting fed that every day, right. From a, from a man you respect and, and he's, and he's your boss. It just, it, uh, it was just, a, it just allowed me to just explode. Right. And just, and, 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 and I wanted to do it for him, not just for myself. Did he, did he teach you like certain values and principles that maybe you hadn't been, uh, you know, taught or, or that uh, now, we're kind of building blocks and foundation to success in the future. Well, 
Or in other words, what values and principles do you way, think kind of okay? gave you the foundation? Let me put it to you this way. Yeah. Tim was a good man that believed in always doing what's right okay. and that win-wins are possible. Okay. What allowed him to, and I to work so well together is, is that I also had a certain uh, belief system as far as integrity and morals and standards and doing what's right. So we were so well equally yoked there. I still carry a lot of those, all of them into my life today. Like we, we, like one of our companies, our why is that, you know, we believe in win-wins and we're all about building legacies together. Right. So not just me building my legacy, but my company is here to help you build your legacy as well. And so I just, as I've gotten older, I've been able to fine tune my why and my purpose and my reason for being here more and more as life experiences happen. But I would say that seed was put in me. He was a big part of that seed in me, 100%. And Perfect. I can, I can say with an absolute clear conscience, I have the self-respect for myself that I do because I'm never looking over my shoulder looking out for someone I screwed or that I mistreated. I sleep very well at night because we just, we have that certain standard. Well said. So now you were there five years, rose all the way to the top president of the company. Now what's the next step? So the next step was, is that I was offered ownership there to come in and be an owner. Cause I wanted more, like I couldn't stop. Right. I, ne I needed more. And so I, I, as a young man, I don't even know how I came up with this, but I did. I had this idea that I wanted to install flooring first, just for a short period of time. And then I wanted to sell because that installation would make me a better salesperson. And then once I sold for a long enough, I wanted to manage. And then when I, after I managed, I wanted to own, right? So I was at this point in that industry where I could own part of this store. I could start my own store but I came to the conclusion I didn't want to be in that industry forever. And believe it or not, in that industry, there's, there's many lifelongers in that industry. But more what I got interested in was what my clients were doing. So a lot of builders and developers were our clients. And I was looking at their, the, the lifestyle they were living and the type of money they were making and the size of deals they were doing. And those guys were a part of the group that I drilled them with questions nonstop. So I knew that's where I wanted to go. Also, you see that picture behind me in that clock? Yeah. Yeah. I pulled inspiration from my grandfather. He passed when I was in my mid-teens, but he was the president. That's a clock of him being the president of the Home Builders Association, and he was the largest uh, home builder developer um, up in the state of Oregon that I grew up in. And so even though I didn't get a lot of his business influence in my life, uh, the reason those, that clock and picture are there is because I pull inspiration from him uh, that it's, it's all a part of my blood. And, 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 I, and I would challenge that for anybody. There's a way, there's something in your life, in your life story, in your family, in the legacy of your family that you can, there's somewhere to always pull inspiration from. And so I pull inspiration there, but so I knew I wanted to go in and do that. Okay. Well, there was a, there was a gentleman in the area that he was a, a big name, heavy marketer, uh, uh, 
he, he was a real estate agent. Okay. And his names were on billboards and on benches. And, and what happened is this, this particular gentleman saw my fire. He saw how hungry he was. He saw how you, I wasn't stopping. And so, and he, and he caught wind that I wanted to get into starting my own business and home building land development. And the way he caught wind of it is, is one day I called him. Okay. And I was like, Hey, uh, his name was Brian. I said, Brian, I, you know, I'm here's who I am. And I want to buy a piece of land. You know, you I see your name everywhere. I figured you're the guy to call. Like you got any suggestions for me? He said, Oh, go buy this piece over here. And I said, really that piece, that's funny. Cause I drive by that piece every day and it's always caught my interest. I said, Hey, I appreciate you assuring me that that was a good one to buy. And I call him back three weeks later. And I said, Hey, Brian, I bought that one. You got another one for me. And he's like, what? And he, and he couldn't hardly believe it. He's like, Cody, I didn't actually take you serious. That was actually a piece I was considering buying for myself. And he's like, I want to meet you. And one thing led to another. And, and then him and I, uh, we started our home building and development business together. And, uh, and I got out of the industry. Got the flooring industry, I should say. Gotcha. All right. So now, now you're teaming up with one of the top realtors in your location there and you're on your way to building and developing and you're doing residential lots. So how does the funding work to get something going? Those are capital intensive projects oftentimes and cost that you need usually what 25% of, uh, of the cost of a project. How did you get the funding going with that? So how we really got going there in the beginning, which is a big part of what we teach today is how to get your foot into the game because it's not just getting into how to buy land. It's getting into how to find land, analyze land and put structure deals correctly in the land space, but specifically land that has development potential. Because I would like to just say, we help people figure out how to make seven figure paydays, but I got to be conservative in what we market. So that's why if I say five to seven, right? But we teach these, the reason those paydays have such huge opportunity is because the land has development potential, okay? So what we did there in the beginning is we started going and finding these deals and putting these deals together. Kind of the, we don't do it. We don't do it now how we did it back then at all, just through technology and efficiencies. But we are one of the first deals we put together we signed a contract for putting the deal together and bringing it to this developer we had very little cash in that deal at all like like so minimal i can't even remember and it was they agreed to pay us seven figures for putting the deal together okay well of course i was all giddy i'd never seen that kind of money before and even my partner was giddy uh, and so they actually, they retraded us right before paying us. Cause they saw how excited we were, right. They saw how motivated and, and, uh, I don't want to say we weren't desperate, but we were just, we didn't play our cards well on that one. I'll put it that way. If that was to happen today that they wouldn't have renegotiated that price, but it's just, you bring so much value by finding these off market deals. And, and knowing how, what to look for, right? Utilities and, and offsite improvements and overlays and wetlands and steep slopes and zoning and, 
and comp plans and reason like there's all these boxes and it intimidates majority of people and that's why because they don't even know where to start or you know i think for the most part people know there's a lot of money in land especially in land development but they just don't know the first place where to get started and i had a little bit of a leg up in the beginning because there was no education out there in this space in that my partner at the time had a just enough knowledge to to, to kind of get us off the starting line. Um, and then from there, I, I just learned a lot through just the hard knocks of being in the trenches. And eventually we built up enough capital where we became a developer ourselves and a home builder and, and this, that, and the other, but it wasn't that way in the beginning. So what's the main difference between working with a piece of land that's listed by a realtor, it's there versus finding that off market deal and you know, structuring you know a purchase price with a seller who wasn't necessarily thinking or, or actually selling, but it's off market. So what what's the big difference there? Yeah, well, the big difference is well, a few things. Few things. One, there's a good chance by the time it hits the market, guys like me, myself have already looked at it. Okay, so when it hits the market it's usually overpriced or there's something wrong with it because me and my team, we, it, we, it's already gone through our filter. Okay. So here's what we find with listed properties in the development space. 99.99999% of real estate agents know nothing about how land deals work in the development world. They don't know how to price them. They don't know how to structure them. They don't know if they're developable. They don't know what to look for. It's why we've actually created a course for brokers as well, but or agents. But and so what happens is Billy Bob calls him and says, Hey, I want to sell my property for whatever. And the agents more likely says, Okay. And so it gets listed for 30% too much or 50% too much. And but now you're fighting an uphill battle because this agent who's supposed to be an expert, a professional has created artificial expectations with that seller. Okay. So it's, it's, we don't want, so we don't, we don't deal with those battles or in the rare occasion that something is listed, that's priced right. Often it's got hair on it. There's, there's, there's challenges that make it undevelopable or, or not cost effective developable. And then there's the very rare, rare, rare chance that a piece actually is developable, is priced right. And now I'm standing in line with 15 other guys to buy it. And it turns into a bidding battle. And I'm just not interested in playing that game. Perfect. So that makes a lot of sense why you want to find the off market. You're going to get a much better deal. You're not going to have to waste time. And then you can kind of do your own due diligence to make sure, you know, there's no issues. What are some of those issues that you run into in terms of, you know, engineering, or you're not going to get the approvals for entitlements or whatever you need? Like, what are some of the things that you should be looking out for? And then after we get that, then we need to talk about how the audience can work with Vestride because yeah. let's be honest, working with the expert is much better than trying to yeah. recreate the wheel. So, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I can just rattle off many of things, but I mean, first off, you got to start with zoning. How's the property zoned? We hear stories all the time. People are like, oh yeah, what a great piece that we could buy right there and put in a storage facility or an apartment complex or a residential single family neighborhood or whatever. And 
they don't even take into consideration that that property has a designated zoning, right? What's it zoned to be, what is the city planned out to be done with that property? So you, you first, so you're looking at zoning, right? You're looking at, are utilities available to the property? And if they're not, how far away are they, right? Those utilities, if they're not close enough, the amount of money you're going to spend getting into the property is going to make the project not cost effective. Is there any environmental challenges with the property, any wetlands, any steep slopes, any, um, you know, protective waterways or whatever it may be? Is there, is there, well, here's a, here's a one that catches people often. Uh, can the utilities, so great, there's utilities right in front of the property. It's, we're good to go. Well, the problem is the property actually slopes away from the street. And so now you can't gravity feed sewer into the main sanitary line that's in, in the frontage. It's just, I go on and on and on about the different boxes you have to check to make sure a piece is actually developable. And if it is developable, is it cost effective to develop? Because we run into deals nonstop that are developable. The problem is just not a cost effective piece to develop. So and, and we get into all that. And that's why our course is eight weeks and it's, you know, modules and homework and live Q and a calls weekly. And there's a lot there to consume. Uh, but once you get your arms around it, 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 it becomes second nature. And, and we're so excited because, you know, Vestrite is fairly new. It started in 19 and it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not, you know, when we talk, when we show paydays where I go and I put, you know, I've shown numerous paydays where I show the check and all that, right? And, and, and these are deals that I'm making seven figures on and I'm doing simultaneous closes. I'm not actually taking out debt or putting up the capital needed to actually close on the land with my own money. I'm doing simultaneous closes where I'm using my buyer's money to pay the seller. I'm making my scrape out of the middle and I can go on story after story after story on pieces that I didn't develop myself where I made seven figure returns through that strategy. All right. And so, but it's, don't pretend, don't hear what I'm telling you and go out and pretend to try to do it. You more than likely, I won't guarantee it, but you will more than likely fail and you will probably lose some money doing it. There's, there's, you gotta have the education to play in this game. It's no just, question. I was going to use some other adjectives to describe that, but yeah, you don't want to make that mistake. It's too expensive. No. It makes it difficult to rebound. Just learn from the expert, be their number one student. And so speaking of that, how can someone be your number one student at Vestrite? What is the process? Because, yeah. you know, my partner and I are going to probably want to look at it. And I know the rest of the audience is listening. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, I appreciate you presenting me this opportunity to share how, how you get connected with us. And before I tell you that, I want to tell you that, so it's not a get rich quick scheme. You know, just in the last couple of weeks, I've had the privilege of interviewing three, four students that are, that have had six figure paydays already, six figure returns based upon going through our course, but they, they, they didn't expect it overnight, right? They, they, they were consistent. They filled their funnel with deal flow and eventually deals float out the other side because I mean, for anybody to expect that we're going to, that, okay, we're going to show you how to make six, seven figure paydays with very little risk, very little capital. 
if, if you, if you, if you want to get with us expecting that it's going to happen overnight, I'll just tell you right now, it won't. And to not to that we're the wrong program for you. Cause we're not going to make those types of promises, but I will promise you is if you take what we teach you and you're consistent. Okay. And, and, and you have great follow through and, 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 um, and follow up. It will deals will come out the other side of the funnel. So, if you go, we actually, um, if we, we created this free report that, that we're sharing with specific audiences and, and it's, it's some, some in-depth video content that really gets into a lot of the details about what we teach at Best Right and why we're so passionate about it. Like some of those success stories, I literally, it brings, it gets me emotional hearing how we've impacted these people's lives. Our tagline is transforming lives through real estate and and being a part of your life, being able to share what I've learned over the last 20 years and I've grind to do is it's just as much a part of my legacy as it is your legacy. So, you know, me having the opportunity to, 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 to be a part of your journey, your path truly means the world to me. So if they go to vestright.com slash the number seven figures, there's going to be a free report there that they get access to and, and, some, and some video content and a PDF uh, where you, you're going to get a ton of great information. Let me put it this way. In just, in just those videos and that free report kind of ebook we put together, you're going to learn more about what I do and how I do it than I knew by, by a long shot when I first started doing it in 2002. Guys, this is fascinating stuff. So Vestright, that's V-E-S-T, right, R-I-G-H-T dot com, four slash seven figures, just a digit seven in figures. He's got the free report. He's got free information to give you the information about learning about how to make land, real estate deals. And the best part about it, I mean, the financing part is the most difficult. Well, it's not. I, I guess if you... But at the beginning, I think a lot of us feel like, oh, you know, you need so much money and capital to make these deals happen. But really what you need is you need an expert like yourself, like your team in, in your corner, and then you need that base knowledge. And to know that there's a resource where you can work together with you and your team is just, I mean, it's priceless. It's unbelievable the opportunities we have. And guys, go to vestright.com for slash seven figures, just an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And I'll end with saying this. In our course, we teach you five exit strategies and none of those five exit strategies involve you going out and getting any type of acquisition and development loan. Mm. And the way that's possible is if you're going to go do land deals in the development world, don't ever agree or structure a deal that you're going to close on the land prior to having all the approvals in place that if I'm going to pay development prices, I got to make sure it's developable and it's not developable until all the approvals are in place. So we do a 90 day due diligence and we usually don't close for about a year after that. That's a key takeaway from this. That is huge. Nothing else in this call. Don't ever go do a development deal and close without the approvals in place. That's just, I mean, Guys, I, I can tell you that, uh, not from my personal experience, but in the funding space where I'm in, my uncle was doing a big development deal in Southern Utah, and he didn't have all those approvals, and he took people's word for it, and he got to the end of the project, and the engineering with some blue clay wouldn't pass, and he couldn't, and it, it was just terribly painful, so...
that's why you, that's that's why you work with Vest, right? That's why you work with Cody <laughs> and his team because you want to avoid those mistakes and you can't you can't put a price on experience. Yes. Well, I it's uh, why well, I, I appreciate having the platform to be able to share, and it's it's truly a blessing to me and and a part of my legacy, and and uh, I'm getting fulfillment through it. So thank well, you. We're going to be sharing it everywhere, Cody. Just an amazing message today. Really grateful to have you on. And guys, if you want to be part of the seven and eight figures club, then go to vestrite.com forward slash seven figures and take action. And, but like you said, don't expect it to happen tomorrow, next month. This is a commitment that you make, but if you make it, it's so much better than any alternative. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a blessing for sure. All right. Thanks so much, Cody. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.